0: Welcome to the Chad Cargill ACT Test Prep Podcast, coming to you from the Ollie Ray Ranch in Choctaw, Oklahoma. This is episode 25, Science, What You Must Understand About Reasoning to Beat This Section. My goal is to give practical tips to help you increase ACT scores, qualify for college, and win those much-needed scholarships. Talk colleges, careers, and most of all, test-taking strategies and tips. Well, before we dive into this episode, I wanna say that 24 episodes in, I look back at the most listened to episodes. And other than the very first couple that I did, which obviously have been out there the longest and have more opportunities to be listened to, the most popular episode that I've done so far is the episode I did on science. And so today, I want to do a follow-up episode. And the first time is, why is this section so weird? And this time, I want to talk specifically about reasoning. Now, reasoning on the ACT is used actually in all the sections, or it can be used in all the sections. But some students only use it at certain times, and some, not at all. But in science, you should definitely be approaching this section with a reasoning testing strategy. And so today, I'm going to teach you what that is and how to use it. Students say the ACD science section is the most confusing. And once you understand the test is reasoning and not content, this section becomes much more clear. So we're going to talk about the difference in what we're going to call concrete learners versus reasoning learners. And we're going to explore how those learners approach the questions differently. And I'm even going to go through some scenarios with you, and we're going to analyze them from a literal concrete approach versus a science reasoning approach. So I want to start with a general scenario of a high school science class. Your teacher is teaching about, let's say, titrations. And so she's explaining this in your high school chemistry class, and uh, she's talking about it. If you watch the room, some students will listen, and as she's explaining it, they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I get that. Yeah, oh, that's good. And then you'll have other students who'll be like, what? I, I I don't get it. And then you'll have some that'll be like, show me. So obviously the, I don't get it. That's the really difficult one. Cause it's, you know, we really got to explain that. And we've got to do whatever to get that student to the level of understanding. Some students can listen to the lecture, can hear the teacher talk about it and make some assumptions and say, yeah. I get it. Yeah, that works. But others, no matter how well it's explained, how well it makes sense. Still, in order to understand it or to grasp it, the student is saying, show me. This is one reason why a lab is so essential in a high school science class, because if I teach on titrations, I'm going to reach some of the students. But if we go into the lab and we actually do the titration, then what happens is those students who were in class or in lecture saying, show me, now go to the lab. They see it, they touch it, they feel it, like they actually see the color of the liquid change in the titration. And all of a sudden she says, oh yeah, okay, yeah, now I get it. So that's the difference in a concrete learner versus a reasoning learner. A reasoning learner can listen to the lecture and reason it in his mind and understand it. The concrete learner really will learn best if he actually sees it happen. Touch it, feel it, see it. And so that's the two big differences here of the concrete versus the reasoning learners. A concrete learner, here's another way you can know if you're a concrete learner. A concrete learner loves to check your answer on a math question. So if you do a math question, when you get an answer, you always want to take that answer and plug it back in, back solve, and see if it works. Concrete learners need that reinforcement. Concrete learners also love to underline when you read. This is my number one test to determine if I'm working with a concrete learner. If I'm ever working with a student individually, I will know If this student is typically a concrete learner based on if she loves to underline when she reads and you could see this. I mean, some of you out there listening, you know, this true, you just go nuts with as soon as you start to read. You're like, here we go. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You underline the whole paragraph. Now, why do you do that? Because you're praying to God at some point you underline the right answer. But here's the problem with that. When you underline everything, you're simply going to go back and reread it hoping that you can touch the answer, that you can say yes with your finger. You're like pointing right at it going, yes, here is the answer. But because science on the ACT is a reasoning test, that is not a good approach. Now, an interesting point here, used to ACT had the word reasoning in the title of this section. It was called science reasoning. Over the last few years, they've taken the word reasoning out. There's a lot of arguments why that has happened. And I think part of it is because this is not a content test, you have some states who are using the ACT as a standardized test score for their students, and then they're having to issue a supplemental science test to see if any content was memorized, because this really is a reasoning test. And so I believe part of the reason why the word reasoning has been removed from the title is to try to justify that it is indeed a science test, like actually measuring what you learned in class. Well, it's not. This is a measurement of if you learn to reason based on a set of facts, a set of information and graphs and tables. So this is different. This is a reasoning test. And students who are not geared that way, they often struggle. So some questions in the science section you do indeed find in the passage. It may ask you, you know, what color is the apple? And you're looking over there in the passage. You may be able to find that color. Now that's not as likely. Um, Occasionally you could even find it in the table where maybe you're reading left to right, up and down. You're actually matching facts. But usually You're going to use clues and you are going to reason the answer from those clues, which actually that's what science is all about. I mean, it's about trying to use clues and trial and error to figure things out. So when you think about why a young person is so good with a computer, you know, it's, it's usually not that, you know, she read a book about it or he just, you know, magically became great at computers. Usually it's because he was, I don't know if you want to say crazy enough, but he started pressing all the buttons. And he'd be like, well, let's see what happens when I hit this. And and then, you know, she's like, well, I'm just going to try that. And so what happens is, is when you have that mentality that you try things, you start discovering what works and what doesn't. And that is reasoning. It's the ability to try Not necessarily knowing the right, but more than anything, being willing to eliminate the wrongs. You have to know up front that you're going to have to take the approach of I'm not looking for the right answer. I'm using reasoning. I'm going to eliminate wrongs. And you have to realize the answer may not be in the passage, that I'm having to use clues again to eliminate wrongs. If the answer is red, it likely will not say red. It might say, hey, depending on the temperature, the color varied somewhere between pink and purple. So what is the color at 50 degrees? White, black, red, or brown? Well, notice red wasn't in the passage. It said, depending on the temperature, it varied between pink and purple. So you're going to have to go, all right, is white between pink and purple? No. Is black between pink and purple? No. Is red? Maybe. Brown? No. The best answer here is red. It's reasoning. And so we need to transition our thoughts into how to reason. And my challenge for this week is that you look for opportunities where you can reason where others maybe do not. Now, I'm going to give a couple scenarios, and I want you to think through these as you listen. And I'm hoping that these scenarios will, I don't know, get you to start questioning a little bit and not necessarily think the answer is always obvious. So here's one that I've done in classroom. I've I've done this with students in in many uh, uh, sessions. And I will just ask the simple question, do you wanna be a one or a 10? Now, anytime I ask that, I will have some of the students who immediately are like, we wanna be a one, Uh, I wanna be a one. You'll have some of the class that will immediately say, I wanna be a 10. And then you'll have some that go, it depends. And when that happens, it's really funny because you'll have some that are very outgoing personalities who say they want to be a one and they'll look over to the tens and they'll be like, what are you talking about? Why would you want to be a ten? You want to be number one. And they're like, no, you don't. You want to be a perfect ten. And then the others are like, how do you know what you want to be? What are we talking about? And then they're looking at each other and it's just kind of crazy. And so... How can we use reasoning to answer this question? Well, we could start asking some questions. What are we measuring? Is it better to be a one or is it better to be a 10? Maybe we're talking about what place you finish in a race and you want to win. Well, then you want to be a one or maybe it is a gymnastics meet and you're on the balance beam and you want a perfect 10. Or maybe the answer is, it depends, because we might be questioning how many kids you're going to have. Well, if you're me, you'd rather be a 10. I got eight kids. I kind of like it. And for others, you're like, my gosh, there's no way. uh, A one, I would much rather be a one than a 10. So that is an example where we reason. The answer isn't obvious. You have to use reasoning. I'll give you another Two investors compare results from the previous year. One investor makes $1,500 profit and another investor makes only $500 profit. Who did better and why? Now, the concrete learner is going to lean toward the $1,500 was better. And a person who argues in absolute numbers would say, yes, $1,500 is more than $500. If your goal is to make more money, yes, the $1,500 is definitely better. Now on the reasoning side, we might say, well, how much did they start with? And maybe the $1,500 profit person started with $15,000. Well, if that's the case, then that investor made 10%. Maybe the $500 profit person started with $500 and she doubled her money now who did better the person who doubled her money but it depends on how you view it and what questions you ask so that is an example of reasoning it's not always obvious and you you can look for a million of these just in in life i mean where people are are rattling off numbers or using facts and you start analyzing those and you're like well it, it depends and we need to start thinking in a reasoning format. And if you do that, it can greatly help you on standardized tests. And, you know, a lot of people will say, well, I'm, I'm a good test taker. Or people will say, I'm a bad test taker. And I've talked about this before. I, I had, uh, I think it was episode four or five, where I said, it's the number one question people, uh, parents ask me. And I actually changed the title of that episode recently. Um, and and I, I, I redid that title to say, I'm a bad test taker. Help me. When I look at a a bad test taker versus a good test taker, the number one reason why I find a person is a good test taker is because he uses reasoning. See, a lot of students will look at a question and not know how to do it and just really get frustrated. Like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. And "Oh man, what? And heck with it. And we see and we move on. But a good test taker says, look, I don't know the right answer. That's okay. I'm going to eliminate wrongs. And we'll go through the choices trying to eliminate wrongs. And we use reasoning. It's a different way of testing. It's a different way of thinking. It's not looking for rights. It's eliminating wrongs. And this is the key thing you got to do if you want to beat this science ACT section, you've got to start reasoning. Now I know that is a shorter episode than usual, but it's a crucial discussion about why that test is different. And it's a great discussion about what keeps students from from really transitioning into that great test taker mentality. So I hope it's one that all of you who listen can apply. Uh, And I, and I hope you are able to improve your scores as a result of that. But uh, as with everything I talk about on here, it's going to take practice. Reasoning does not come easy. It's going to take practice. You're going to have to really start trying to find opportunities to think that way. And just remember though, if you ever get stuck on a question, don't just randomly guess. If you ever get stuck on a question, take the approach. I'm not going to look for the rights. I'm going to try to eliminate wrongs. Use reasoning and let's see what happens. Well, as I said at the beginning of this episode, we're approaching six months of these episodes. And I am just thrilled with the feedback that I've been receiving from you. And I've had a lot of great comments that have been sent to me um, everywhere from. Uh, had a great call uh, with a, a listener from Charleston, South Carolina recently. Um, I received a, a book in the mail from uh, a principal in Arkansas Uh, that I've worked with for years, Uh, Ace the Test uh, is his book that he sent, and I am excited to read that and, and uh, potentially talk about that on the podcast a little bit. Um, And just some of the comments that have been left, I I read a great comment, one of you left on CastBox this week. And so uh, I'm I'm just thankful for all of you that are listening, you know, in July, we grew the listenership of this podcast by 40%. 40% in the number of episodes downloaded in the month of July versus the previous month. Our growth has just been fantastic on here, and that's great news for uh, everyone because it it shows me that what I'm teaching is resonating with you, and that's what I want. I wanna be able to help you, and man, these are some crazy times right now, and a lot of you I know are trying to navigate a lot of this at home and with the virtual, and so I I know that uh, this is a good time to be doing this and to get this information to you, and I've got some great episodes coming up. Uh, I've got uh, a few specked out for you. I've got some guests coming on uh, that uh, we're gonna, man, we're gonna be talking about a lot of things that you can be doing to try to uh, help you get those scholarships and get ready for your college planning. And I mean, it's it's gonna be fantastic. Um, I'm really excited about that. I, I've got a great episode coming next week where we're gonna talk about um, things that you can do for community or to help you. Navigate this process with other parents, with other people. Especially, we're going to talk about uh, trying to handle some of this virtual learning stuff. Because, uh, man, I, I keep reading about these schools that are doing some virtual learning stuff, and a lot of students are opting out of going to class and going to stay home and and do it through home. That's hard to do. I tried to do that with my littles. That's hard to do. And I know of some of the challenges that you're going to face at the high school level. And so we're going to talk about some of that next week. And then I've hinted at this for a few weeks, but next week I'm going to introduce the mastermind groups and I will open that up for parents who want to become part of those. And it's going to be a great way that you can work directly with me and other parents in the mastermind group uh, to help your students get through this process and handle all of this stuff. So I'm going to introduce that next week. Um, that's gonna be a, There's gonna be a lot of features involved in that. It'll be everything from, uh, you'll have one-on-one uh, video conference calls with me each semester. We'll do video calls of the mastermind groups, and we're gonna have a senior group, a junior group, and a freshman sophomore group combined. Um, but these will be a limited enrollment because I only have so much time. We can only work with so many families. But each group, I can just tell you right up front, each group's gonna be limited only ten. And so you'll want to get in on that as soon as possible and if you want to make sure you're one of those 10 spots and you listen to this before next week's episode feel free to email me chat at chadcargo.com. and i can make sure i get you on the waiting list for that and then those will be introduced next week and hopefully i've put together a good package and priced accordingly and that it'll it'll uh, it'll work out but uh, anyway i'll go over that next week but uh, next week's episode will be good about building community and trying to get support systems in place to help you uh, navigate the the time that we're in especially. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. I know it was a little shorter than usual, but uh, again, hopefully you got some great information there about science and reasoning. Well, I hope you have a great week. I appreciate you taking time to listen. I'll be back and talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening.